Hello and welcome to a very special edition to Podding Ain't Easy because it is that special day for us sci-fi geeks. It's May the 4th and let me say, may the 4th be with you. I'm your host for today's special pod, Carl Pierce, and with me, as always, is the snips to my sky guy. It's Scott McLeod, everybody. Yes, yes, oh, may the fourth be also with you. Yeah, I mean, coincidentally, shortly after this day that you're hearing this, Nathan's taking a lot of, that of a break, uh, and uh, he is past uploading of the podcast onto me, so... Basically, we can fit in as many of these weird Star Wars-related podcasts, as many rank banks in the next couple of weeks as we want, because Nathan loves just our constant Star Wars and Disney Plus content. Can't get enough of it, and he, we sure will make sure not to disappoint him while he's away, <laughs> which is why we made this very special podcast. Not an excuse to just do something on May the 4th. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor Nathan. He won't know what hit him when he comes back in two or three weeks' time. Bless his cotton socks. I won't know what's happened after he comes back, and I, I find out he's immediately changed the password again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope it's something better than Scott sucks or whatever it, he changed it to. A legit, a legit is Scott sucks like oh five or something. <laughs> Or something like that. So I say, don't 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 give the whole thing away to listeners. They'll be they'll be logging in themselves. Ah, uh, no, don't worry. They don't know that the email is at Liam two two. Oh shit! No, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't so, let we don't we don't let Liam in charge of logging details. Oh, could you imagine? <laughs> but yeah, he legit says I suck in the password. Uh, which I didn't know because he gave me a different password. I had a few days of uploading stuff for him. Then he changed it and just forgot to tell me. <laughs> that's Nathan. Ah, that's Nathan for you. <laughs> but but today, because of um, uh, intimate series, we're going to be focusing on Ahsoka. So we're doing an Ahsoka special for our May the 4th special. So uh, great great character that people have really um, taken into their hearts and I know a lot of Star Wars fans are really looking forward to this uh, series that's due out in August uh, I take it you're excited about the series as well Scott yeah definitely because you know, as we were reckoning our brains what they talk about and Ahsoka feels like so long away and there's not really much in terms of Star Wars in between time but I think it's time we do talk about uh, Ahsoka because we talked a little bit here and there about her, but you know, it's, 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 you talk about, it's really important that we talk about her as an overall character because she has become very important to Star Wars. So it's great that she's taking the kind of a lead role again. And I don't think there's been a character that hasn't. I don't think there's been a character that's suddenly become has become like so. It's worked their way into the hearts of like Star Wars diehard fans. In such a short period of time, without having to even appear in any of the main Skywalker movies. Yeah, exactly, and it, it says something about uh, Ahsoka's popularity and how cool we all think she is. That when we did our Star Wars character rank banks, myself, you, and Reese, we had no hesitation, no discussion. We all put her a goated. I was even saving her as my. Um, uh, over, overdue or do over just in case one of you two are going to disagree but no we all we all had the same thoughts on, on that one so uh, it just shows you the, the, the sort of standard of the character it's, and it's amazing because uh, we'll discuss it a little bit but the reason because in a little bit we'll discuss, a bit, discuss, discuss it but you know she, she wasn't in, entirely welcomed into fan starts too too quickly at first you know it took time and i think a lot of how she became such a fan favorite is to do with the writing and the development of the clone wars tv show so like a lot of the credit does go to dave baloney on that one uh it's great thing that he's now he's been so involved in the mandalorian and he's the one behind the sasoka tv show because like he's pretty much been a day one kind of contributor in making Ahsoka the great character that she is. 
Yeah, and apparently, from what they say, that was you know it was intentional of the writing that she would be um, a bit sort of hard to get into to start with. But then, as the series develops, so does her character, uh, and you sort of go on that journey with her through the Clone Wars, which you know it's really cool because a lot of shows, like with The Simpsons, Family Guy. Um, even live action shows like the X-Files for example characters more or less stay the same don't they mm-hmm. yeah and you really get a chance to see the maturity of Ahsoka throughout the Clone Wars not just mm. in actions but I think we see her there then you see her in animation uh, Rebels even though it's an animated show you can they still do a little subtle tweaks to the way that they animate her face to see her getting older and it's, it's just small changes that other people may not really notice otherwise. So you can definitely see the development in her, in her character, and uh, I think it was the 2008 Clone Wars movie that she was first introduced. I don't know about you, but I actually went to see that in cinemas. No, you see, I I I, I did things a, a bit backwards when it comes to Ahsoka, which we'll, we'll we'll get into as we go on. But no, I wasn't. I was at that weird sort of age where I thought. All animation is just silly kid stuff. I'm not going to bother with this. And also I did hear uh, a lot of reports that that movie, uh, the Clone Wars sort of animated movie, wasn't that great. Um, Which perhaps it wasn't because apparently it was basically three or four episodes um, all sort of rolled into one from what I hear. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know what happened but those are maybe the first three episodes of the tv show and then all of a sudden they say they want to do a movie version as well because you know money i'm assuming mm-hmm. you know this is only like three years after the last star wars movie which was like the end of like revenge of the sith and i think just the fact this was so tied into the the prequel trilogy you know being set between episodes two and three and the prequel trilogy still being a sort of quite a bit of hatred for a lot of hardcore like older Star Wars fans even though episode 3 I think was very good and ended on a solid note uh, like just anything new Star Wars way, especially with a character like Ahsoka that people weren't really taken to I think which is a case of a lot of Star Wars fans weren't well people were a lot more cynical in the Star Wars fandom I think at that point yeah because like in the movies and, and and whatnot, it's never really hinted at that Anakin has his you know has his own apprentice, but um, either or Padawan, as they say in Jedi talk. But it is it is a good addition, and it sort of helps his character grow and develop uh, through the series as well. And it's kind of a shame we didn't have that um, Ahsoka Anakin connection. In the movies, because there are things that happen um, throughout during um, the global series that sort of help you understand what kind of pushed, pushed, you know, one of the things, you know, help push him towards the dark side. Yeah, yeah. and I've been looking at some stuff about her creation as a character, and it's created as a co creation between Filoni and George Lucas. And I think it was Lucas who came up with the idea of the character and he wanted to illustrate how Anakin had developed between the two movies and almost kind of have both their stories be mirrored from each other and that she, like him, is also very brash to start with and has to kind of grow into her role and almost forces Anakin to grow up a wee bit because like, he can't be the same brash kind of Jedi he was if he wants to train Ahsoka to be not like that, so otherwise he'd be a bit of a hypocrite. And I think it was basically Filoni who then went, took the character and basically went away and wrote a backstory and who she was and everything. And all he went away and wrote, they didn't even use until like years later, but like, it just goes to show how much Dave Filoni thinks that he has all this stuff there. Like, we may not need this stuff, but it's important to think about when we remember what to do with this character. That's <laughs> it, it did become important. But uh, she's not, she's quite. In many ways, she's quite similar to to Anakin, isn't she? She's very sort of confident and brash and kind of unorthodox, and that sort of comes across um, from the first moment you sort of see her on screen, really, in, in my view, anyway. Yeah, 
because especially you look at her and then you compare it to see like how Anakin was in like episode two like that fight they have, he and Obi-Wan have with Dooku he just rushes in to get electrocuted and rushes in again and loses his arm because he wasn't listening to Obi-Wan uh, also within a the thing about Ahsoka for me is I find the way they spell her name very weird and that it sounds like the S should come first but no it's the A-H-S which is weird but also if I looked at it the other way around with the, if it being spelled A-S-H and Oka I mean, it, it basically it's, it should be pronounced Ashoka which is weird for me because that's the name of a takeaway near where I live <laughs> I keep wanting to say Aska right it was in the rest of us so I have to sort of <laughs> really have to look at <laughs> it's about to make sure I'm saying the right name because you know me and names <laughs> yeah. do you think I'm trying to think of it I, I see this thing that they fully said in an interview where he said that he struggled to write for Soka at first because she's meant to be like 14 when she first meets Anakin which is very young Far too young to be introduced into that kind of like combat that she's introduced to, but he said he had throw a rain for first because like I don't know what it's like to be a fourteen year old girl, so he basically stopped trying to write her like a girl and wrote her as a Jedi. So and then that's where you see a bit more development. Do you think the popularity of a female like Jedi character like her is maybe part of the reason when Disney went to find like a main character for Zero? Do you think this weirdly and directly inspired them to focus on a character like Rey? in the sequel trilogy and there's like a female Jedi yeah it probably does I mean okay you've got Princess Leia but there's as far as like sort of Jedis go and certainly in the first six films there isn't really a very a really super strong female protagonist that you know can wield the sword wield the force and use a lightsaber that certainly gets meaningful you know screen time anyway so I, th- I think it was a good solid move and yeah a lot of these um series that have young female cast members do can struggle to write them because they're being written by sort of middle-aged old men who, as you say, have no idea what it's like to be uh, a teenage girl. But Dave Filoni seems to have pulled it off um, and with a plum as well. Yeah, I think Lucas like instructed that they wanted the character to be a female because he had two young daughters at the time. So I think maybe he wanted them to like feel a bit more represented and see a female Jedi. And yeah, I agree with you. Like the only other example other than Leia is probably Padme, but she has like brief moments of being able to fight for herself and the rest of the time she needs Anakin and Robbie want to protect her and like episodes three, she basically just stands in the same apartment building for like the entire movie and then dies at the end. So she doesn't really get much of a chance to do much of anything. Yeah, I mean we do see you know, a few female Jedi's fleet and they but nothing um to what we get to see Ahsoka get up to, and as we've already discussed, we, we you know we see her grow through the series. Obviously, there's a lot of episodes in the Clone Wars, so we can't go through every single episode that um, she did and does something meaningful. But I think one of the cutest things about her is how we we sort of see her change in some of the later. Um, sort of series and episodes uh, a sort of attire changes a bit to look a bit more grown up and she starts welding two um, lightsabers as well which is yeah. quite cool yeah because she originally just has the one green lightsaber and then she switches mm. to the two green and then when she's briefly brought back for episode seven, uh, season 7 she has blue and then over the course of her time away between Clone Wars and Rebel series develops like, the white lightsaber which uh, I think also I think many of us who maybe didn't see a lot of that expanded content that's like no longer considered canon. I think the idea of seeing a non like blue or green lightsaber for any character outside of like say Mace Windu being the rare exception, you didn't see them any other colours because for a long time we were raised on oh a Jedi is either blue or green and the bad guys have red lightsaber. That's the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> But it's nice to see the different colours. You know, Samuel L. Jackson started the trend of his purple lightsaber because you know he'll mother effing do what he mother effing wants. <laughs> and then that's changing into the Ahsoka TV series. We talked to it a few weeks ago. We talked about the trailer. You got Ahsoka with the white lightsaber and these kind of orangey lightsabers that these kind of dark mm. jet maybe introduced to. So it's a weird 
like clash of colors a bit unique for star wars yeah definitely it's certainly going to be very interesting to see what these uh dark jedi or whatever we don't know for certain that they are dark jedi but it's certainly going to be interesting to see what they are and what and what uh their sort of uh motivation is yeah uh like i said i i'd seen the the uh, clone wars movie when it came out i'll be honest with you i didn't i pretty much forgot it almost within a day of seeing it and then watched <laughs> years later uh, on Disney Plus I've taken advantage of that before I probably went into the Clone Wars TV series and I thought like well it's not bad but you know again when you just pack for patching together a couple of episodes of what's meant to be a TV show it's it could be a lot worse and then I'll say the TV show I'll watch from there but where were you first introduced to uh, Ahsoka Carl because you said you did it a bit later yeah, so my first introduction to Ahsoka was basically uh, Mandalorian Season 2, The uh, the Jedi, which is jumping forward a bit. But um, there was a lot of talk that oh, Ahsoka's going to be in this episode, and I wasn't really sure who Ahsoka was at that point. Uh, I won't lie, I was a bit ignorant to all the excitement and that, but I, enjoy, I enjoyed the... Um, I enjoyed the episode, and I enjoyed Rosario Dawson's portrayal of this character, although I had nothing to compare it to. So um, during one of the COVID lockdowns, I decided to go back and thought, but I do need to check out the Clone Wars, because there's a lot of things as well that the Mandalorian was was doing that were references, um, almost almost a continuation of the Clone Wars, like the stuff, the dark saber. And I didn't really understand all the lore around that, so it really benefited me to go back um, and watch the Clone the Clone Wars series. And yeah, like uh, virtually everyone else who watched it, I fell in love with the character of Ahsoka, and um, it was great to see how she grew and got to that point. Because they even because um, when Disney Plus or Disney bought the Star Wars, they sort of cancelled uh, the Clone Wars and started their own thing, the Rebels, but then they went back and did a final series of um, Clone Wars where they introduced the Bad Batch and they brought Ahsoka back, who had been missing because of events, which we will uh, I will get into in, in a few minutes because I want to mention uh, that, that story arc. Um, and that really brought some really good stuff, perhaps some of the best stuff in, um, in the last few episodes where she sort of uh, teams up with Bo-Katan and goes after Darth Maul. Yeah. Like, season six of Clone Wars, I think that, Final to that aired at some point in 2014, the same time that, like you said, uh, Rebels would have aired. So, but to be fair, I've watched, as if someone has watched season six, other than the first four episodes where they explain the, the plot, which become important later about the chip and the clones, like, hey, which is what turns them during Order 66. Season six is pretty bad for Clone Wars standards. And I remember watching mo- most of it after the Clone Wars plot, like the clones plot, and I'm like, I can see why they cancelled this for a few years, actually. And then you watch season seven, which they came out like right at the start of 2020. So like, it was one of the last proper things to come out before the pandemic was was like season seven. Uh, and so it was nice that they got to come back and wrap that up. But you know, you could tell obviously the fact that Ahsoka then appeared in Rebels, even though Clone Wars being cancelled, it showed that Disney, like, or at least. Does it work eventually? I said people working within Lucasfilm that like this is an important character to keep around because we saw some characters being decanonized and then brought back in. Case in point, Grand Admiral Thrawn, who we'll probably talk mm. about later. Yeah, definitely. Um, and for somebody um, who was introduced to Ahsoka uh, in the right order, like yourself, uh, what what did you think of uh, Rosario Dawson's casting and um, performance when you watched the Mandalorian? I think there's like only a few exceptions that you can really make when you take somebody from uh, who voiced the character and make them the live action version of them. And I think Star Wars has found those in terms of Bo-Katan as uh, being played by Kate Saga from both versions, Lars Meagles and Hill Thrawn in both versions. And I think people assumed that was going to be the way or they felt maybe it was a bit of a double standard that Ashley Eckstein wasn't going to play it, but I think 
yeah, I think SX seems primarily made our name in the voice world, but I think they want somebody who will bring a bit more name value in live action. And I think she did a hell of a job. I was thinking, like, oh, I'm sure she'll do great in this, but getting to see her for the first time properly when she had that back and forth with the the woman who works for Throw the Magistrate, getting to see her up close and like, wow, they really paid attention to like the details here. I was happy because. It doesn't really require a lot of CG to make Ahsoka. Like they got the makeup in right, and it's a, it was once again an example of Star Wars using practical effects to make what a lot of other people would probably just overly rely on CGI to do. Mm. I mean, it's easy to say now we've seen Rosario Dawson uh, portray Ahsoka, but uh, I don't think Ash, Ashley Eckhart would have been right for the, the live-action role, personally. Um that's just my personal opinion. I've got nothing against the the, the woman. I'm, I'm, she's very talented. I love her voice acting work for Ahsoka, but um, you know, her, I don't think her look and is quite would be quite right for Ahsoka personally. I mean, others may disagree, but that's just my just my opinion on the subject. I don't know what you would would think. No. No, I, I agree with what you're saying, but also I think I don't think there's that much of an age difference, but I think Rosario Dawson is a bit older than mm-hmm. uh, I think actually was still fairly young when she got uh, the role of it and so she had brought the voice to show, her voice was able to show the range of Sokka being young, cocky and then getting more mature as time went on and now we've got an older Sokka from like after everything's gone down on the original mm-hmm. and like and everything's going into like a new era of Star Wars so I think it, it, for the character development, uh, the character evolution and everything, it's right to kind of change up the cast and all of that. And I don't think we should get used to this whole same person plays across focus. I think, like I said, it's going to be very rare that that ever happens. Yeah, I mean, it worked for Bo-Katan. I, I, I don't know if they always had Katie Sachs in mind for that character, because even the drawn character has a likeness to Katie Sachs. Especially when you know, you see her in the red red wig portraying her, there's definitely a likeness there. And um, even though he's sort of um, he's blue, um, oh, I want to say Lars Mikkelsen it is, and that's the brother. Is it Lars Mikkelsen? Have I got the right one? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. I was panicking. I've got the brother, his brother there. That's. Uh, the other one, um, yeah. So uh, he's you know he's tall and he's tall and thin, like like Grand Admiral Thrawn, and you know he's got the right sort of acting chops and presence to to pull it off. But yeah, I think there are two exceptions to to the rule, really. Where I think you mostly you'd have to cast, as you say, better star names and perhaps people better suited to to play in them in in live action. I mean, like this is Katie. Um, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead looks like she's going to fit the role of uh, um, what's, what's her name? I'm, I'm dumber. Hera. Hera. Yeah, Hera Sadama. She's um, she looks like she's going to fit into that role quite nicely. Looking, uh, looking at uh, from the trailer anyway. Yeah, I think they've got a solid cast for the Ahsoka like show, like t- char- taking these like characters who from live action find the perfect people to to play them. Although, like as you said, I watched it like I, th- I was interested in the right order. I didn't actually watch the TV show until years later because like I caught one or two episodes every so often on like Cartoon Network, which I wasn't watching as much. So I wasn't watching as many cartoons at that point. Uh, and so I watched one or two episodes and they didn't really stand out to me, those pick lives, I think, because they were from the early seasons. I'd hear from other people who were like, oh, it's gotten better and everything. And then my ears brought up, they brought back Darth Maul. Like, they brought back Darth Maul. But I could never think, and before Disney Plus, there was very few places for me to watch it all at one place without going out and buying the DVDs. And I couldn't be arsed doing that. So like you, during lockdown, I started binging through Clone Wars and then into Rebels because I'd heard she'd been brought back for Rebels and something that surprised me when uh, they, when she was announced is that I assumed, I think they do make you think that for a bit because I didn't watch all of Rebels at that point, but I'd heard she'd had a fight with Vader and I made the erroneous assumption that Vader just killed her. So I then said, oh, Soka will be in Mandalorian season 2. Like, 
he's still alive. I thought, I thought she was dead. Oh, well, I must I guess I best watch Rebels as well, so, so I can make sure I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, I, I didn't hear about a battle with Darth, with Darth Vader. I just sort of, uh, as I was watching through um, the second series of Rebels, because I'd heard she she was in it. Uh, yeah, that just sort of what's the episode unfold? And I was like, oh wow, the, you know, she's gonna actually have to fight Darth Vader, um, her former master, which is uh, yeah something. Um, it was, you know, it's a you know, for, for animation. You know, it's quite, it goes quite deep. You know, it's quite deep, and it's quite a intense bit of a battle between them both. Really, almost in part, almost in parts mirroring what we see um, between Obi Wan and Vader in the Obi Wan series. Well, yeah, I think also they both had that same moment with the the mask breaking mm. two sides uh, in each fight. It's like the two sides of Anakin, you know, the Jedi Master, and then he, when he was a pad, when, when he was Obi Wan's friend. And they're both very dramatic. Is like you hear, I think they do bring back James Earl Jones to do the voice for Rebels, but then they bring back the Anakin voice actor to say the Ahsoka line as well. So they mix like the two voices in, and she gets, it's, it's confirmed for her that it is Anakin under there all the whole time. Yeah, it's, um, it's really cool. Uh, the way they did that, and uh, yeah, the when they, they first sort of the rebels uh, first come across Vader, they they don't know who he is. They just know he's this really powerful sort of Sith Lord or or, or whatever they think they think he is. Even Ahsoka, even Ahsoka isn't too sure. But as the series goes on, she sort of gradually learns that it's actually Anakin um, under that mask, and because she knew Anakin as this kind. Um, and jail person, she's she struggles to come to terms with that fact, doesn't she? Basically, yeah. And like many people don't know that Anakin, like as people within the Empire, don't know that Anakin is is Vader. And like we see how Obi Wan discovers it through his series, and that because everyone seems that the Jedi are all dead. Uh, but like also in some of the like depictions of Star Wars, both live action and animated, where Vader and Emperor will mention stuff to do with Anakin's past, and they'll mention Anakin Skywalker as a different person, because as even going far back as the original trilogy, you realise that he's so into the dark side. Anakin's like a different person, and like he, Anakin's dead. I'm Darth Vader, and he doesn't think of himself as Anakin anymore. He's that far, he's that far deep, and it's like there's that moment where mm. it's okay something happening with Anakin and then she hears the word Darth Vader so I'm wondering if she maybe was under the assumption that Vader is the one that killed Anakin because she has that moment during the end of season so not to get too far she has that moment where she senses what's happening and it's that scene from episode 3 that's happening and it's like she blames herself for a lot of it she thinks that if Anakin, she hadn't left her if she'd been with him Anakin might not have went down that path yeah, and there's, there's, there's a bit of dialogue in the Rebels episode when she faces off with Vader. He says something, and she replies with, I thought I knew he was under that mask, but my former master could never be so cruel. Yeah, oof, I'm getting chills now just talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a drama at a kid's show. This was on Cartoon Network back in the day. I know. I just want to go back to... Um, so I think it was season five, the last four episodes, um, starting with episode 17, Sabotage, which is really important to Ahsoka's arc and where she ends up, where she gets accused of uh, a bombing, basically. It, you know, it all unravels. She has to sort of go on the, she has to go on the run and try and clear her name herself uh, because of the sort of Jedi sort of don't seem to believe her and they want to put her under arrest and um, obviously Anakin's trying to help her as well and in, in any way he can but it's, it's only really him Obi-Wan that seem to have her back and when she does catch the uh, actual culprit someone who she thought was one of her friends another pad one like herself um, the, the, the Jedi are already to forgive her, but it's like it's you know as you say, 
it's, you know, it's too late. The damage has been done, and uh, she sort of walks away from the, the Jedi Order because she sort of lost her sort of trust and and faith in them because they were so quick to point the finger at her, basically. Yeah, because like the storyline through these like, first couple episodes, especially this arc, uh, really, really feel like far more mature for what this show actually mm. is. But like Star Wars, Clone Wars was not afraid to violently kill people off. Like the season before this, you had I think this is this season. I can't remember which if it was the season before. We had that very violent death of Duchess Datina at the hands of Darth yes. Maul. Uh, like being floating there, and then Ahsoka there, while somebody we don't see is using the Force to pretty much break the neck of this woman who knows information about the bombing on the Jedi Temple and frames Ahsoka for it because they could tell someone used the Force. Like, well, Ahsoka's the only Force user around here. And then that really long extended sequence in the second episode, which I love that it's called The Jedi Who Knew Too Much, which I'm pretty sure is like an ad reference to like a very old movie from way back in the day, which again, most of the people who are watching the show probably never have heard of. And I think there's even a the scene where she's sent at a dream pipe and kind of looks at Anakin before jumping, which I'm pretty sure people say like, oh yeah, that was a reference to The Fugitive. Like, how many kids are going to be watching the show who have actually know what The Fucking Fugitive is? <laughs> Ironically, featuring another legend of Star Wars and Harrison Ford that film. But uh, yeah, I think it's the fact that everyone, with the exception of Anakin, who even himself is forced to question whether or not how, how much he believes her, like how everyone else just automatically assumes that she's guilty, is what really angers her and like turns her against the Jedi. And I think they've always said like this is a key moment in Anakin's. Annoying towards the Jedi at the start of episode three because he saw the order and the politics basically drive his Padawan like out of it, even though she did nothing wrong. Yeah, exactly. And it's another thing that sort of has him questioning um, the Jedi amongst other things that we see in the films. And it's probably even more motivation really to sort of push him into the um, the wide open arms of uh, Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, because like Ahsoka's had several moments across the show where she hates the, the politics of of the Clone Wars, which I think Anakin was annoyed by too. Mm. He both uh, during the course of the show and then carried a reference to it after the fact that you know the idea of the Republic and the Separatists and the politics is what really fucks over the Republic in the long run. Uh, and the fact that it's Barriss off, as we said, to betrayed her, uh, another former Padawan. Like she was introduced like two or so seasons before. With like her with her master and like she they apply that she's kinda of got this high opinion of herself that she's been trained properly and Anakin's maybe the question how good a job Anakin's doing, but then in the end of that little arc it's Ahsoka that saves her. And basically shows like it's no right way to train somebody, like so it shows that Ahsoka has learned under Anakin, but then she basically betrays everybody. I think there's even been rumors that Barris could appear somehow in and Ahsoka, because I don't know how she would have if she would have been killed during Order 66 if she was in jail at the time. Yeah, it's, it's hard to know what's happened to to that character. So um, could be quite could be quite interesting to see if uh, she cameos somewhere. Yeah, because like with even with Clone Wars, I think season one is a bit topsy-turvy in terms of order placement of some of these episodes. I think season two is where they start doing these multi-episode arcs. I think you can kind of pinpoint when they start doing these multi-episodes through to the kind of when you see more development in Ahsoka because one of the first arcs that they do is like start season two where she disobeys Anakin so she's forced to work in the library at the temple and happens to catch uh, Cad Bane when he's trying to steal information on Force-sensitive kids and there's a whole arc of the killers over there chasing them down. And there's that scene where Anakin's forced to give Cad Bane what he wants in order to save Ahsoka. Yeah. There's another good one. Um, it's a two-episode arc. Um, on season three, Padawan Lost and Wookiee Hunt, where um, I can't remember how it happens, but Ahsoka ends up uh, lost on a planet with some other younglings, and uh, they're basically hunted down like game. And she sort of helps pull them together um, yeah. and convinces them to fight back. 
and in the end, they, with the help of Wookiees and others, they they get the better of these these hunters. Mm-hmm. It shows you that she's got, you know, that sort of shows you her character. Of, you know, she's she's got these leader leadership abilities in her. Yeah, and like there's even one of a season or so later where she's tasked with watching these younglings and take them to the belt on it, where everyone finds their kyber crystal and you know creates their laser, and then she ends up in a bit of trouble. They have to save her, so it shows that she's trusted with these important responsibilities within the Jedi and. Even as far as like the second or so episode, you see more of a relationship develop between her and Anakin, whereas they're really starking at each other when they first meet in the movie. But as you referenced in your introduction, they've even got wee cute nicknames for each other. Yeah. <laughs> Snips and Sky Guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like it's weird because technically, you know, it's. We, we joked about the, the meaning behind spies and Mandalorian recent season, how it kind of was misleading for some people. But it's almost weirdly misleading for episode five, the episode of Mandalorian, where so going just to be called the Jedi, because ever since that plot uh, story arc in Clone Wars, where she was ousted, she basically referred herself, she's never referred herself since as a Jedi, because she's left the Order and she's still hurt from what happened. Yeah, I and mean, that's made clear. I uh, say, going back to that episode that I've been banging on about of Rebels, where she says, uh, "You know, I'm, I'm going to get revenge," and um, he Vader says, "Revenge is not the Jedi way," and she says, so he says "I'm no Jedi," and then they start their battle. <laughs> yeah, and then I think I think they do lead you to think that she has she did might have died in there, that one until like the, la- the last season where you know Ezra's in the world between worlds and he manages to pull her out right when it looks like Vader's got the better of her so technically she might have died had, uh, had Ezra not done some weird timey wimey things to, to quote Doctor Who which is the closest yeah. I get to Doctor Who reference yeah, well, the, the the whole place is sort of falling around them, so it's left a bit ambiguous if he actually killed her or or she managed to survive in 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 some way. Like some people think she sort of went further down into this the depths of this tunnel or something, but it's yeah, it does look like he he pulls he does pull her right there in the world between worlds. It looks like we're going to see um, in the Ahsoka series if the trailers are going to go by. Certain scenes certainly look like they're there anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'd be interested to see how they how they pull that off in, in live action. But I do like that you know it's a big reveal for the end of their season, and that like some fans may not know her, but people who watched the Clone before this. And she's the big reveal that she's this informant that they've been talking about, Fulcrum. At the end, and like, like the kind of parade things around her head are kind of longer, which I think may showcase that she's older now. Uh, so, like, one of those little, like, subtle things. And so, like, if you'd watched, you'd be like, I do that, give a Leonardo DiCaprio and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when you watch that, if you were a fan of clones, like, I know that, I get that. <laughs> right there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and also in in season seven of Clone Wars, she actually goes toe to toe with Darth Maul, and actually even ends up defeating him in a in a lightsaber duel. So it shows you that she's very capable lightsaber wielder. She can hold her own with against Darth Vader and Darth Maul. So she she's certainly no slouch in the in the dueling department. Well, yeah, and also during the course of Clone, I think she would have faced off against Asajj Ventress multiple mm. times. Or how often she might face Dooku or not because I, I can't remember many Dooku duels that involved or I know he would have fought Anakin or Obi-Wan once or twice but uh, yeah I think that last season with the exception of the start but with uh, the Bad Batch and it, a lot of that season is centered around her I think uh, that last season because you got that, that three part thing with her and those sisters where she tries to hide who she is for the most part because they don't really like Jedi then you find out what Maul's been up to and the whole arc on Mandalore and that that fight scene between her and Maul is one of the best fight scenes in all of Star Wars in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it is a really good it is a really good fight scene as well. And she's she's almost sort of prepared to sort of side or help Darth Maul until he starts telling her that 
um, Anakin's like being groomed to be the, um, the Emperor's new apprentice, which she does not want to believe at all. And she, you know, she's she's convinced he's lying to her. So that starts starts off their their sort of duel. But unfortunately for her, uh, Darth Maul was on the right track. Yeah, because I think he was like given an idea of what was going to happen, and he sees like it started without many of these Clone Wars or stuff, and then like he's kind of sensing something's happening because you get all bits fed in during that second last episode of stuff mm. having other episodes. They're like, oh, you need to go see Chancellor Palpatine. Or they're taking out in general here as Anakin's going to meet with the Chancellor or whatever. Uh, so it feels like he's almost sensing that Palpatine's revealing himself to Vader, and that like it's that Palpatine's revealing himself to Anakin. Sorry, and it. It's almost too late, and she just doesn't want to believe it. But then she has that moment on the ship where she senses what's happening. He's officially turned by helping him take out Mace Windu, which that's good. Like the way that Maul kind of knows what's happening, and he's trying to warn her about it. But it's part of the thing I didn't like about season six is there's like this three episode arc with Vate, with Yoda trying to sense a potential Sith between them get going on this wild goose chase. Or you've been blatantly told it's probably someone you trust. It's probably fucking chancellor and then nothing happens of it like they're pretty much space will slap you in the face this is who the bad guy is and then yoda doesn't do anything about it and then like you all deserve to get killed off <laughs> it is it's almost a testament to how powerful and skilled ahsoka's become that darth maul actually thinks they have a chance of taking you know them to together actually have a chance of uh taking them down and defeating uh, the Emperor. Because as we saw, um, you know, before, in, well, in Clone Wars, he quite handily defeated Darth Maul and Savage Press. And he quite handily defeated four, four or five Jedi Masters in uh, Revenge of the Sith. So he's, you know, he's a tough, tough cat to get the better of, as Palpatine. Yeah, and it's also in that arc that we see the relationship between her and Bo-Katan, which carries over to her introduction to Mando, which she's working with them to help take back Mandalore from Maul. And then also something that comes ahead there is something we have mentioned is Rex and his relationship with us. because he was kind of like the right-hand leader of uh, the clones that Anakin commanded, and then by extension had a relationship with Ahsoka. And then he met, she helps like save him from his inhibitor chip because there's a moment where I look like he's gonna shoot her, and you're like, no, Rex, don't. And then here, what's heartbreaking is when he's trying to resist. He mentions Fives, who's a, a clone that got killed in order to protect the secret of the chip, and you're like, oh, he was right, he was right this whole time, and like, oh no, not too sad. Yeah, I was. You sort of see. They're having to 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 escape then from uh, a whole platoon of uh, clones that have been um, sort of turned by the Order sixty six um, trigger. So uh, she even goes as far as to free Darth Maul as a, a distraction, so she can uh, make a getaway. And um, it's quite it's quite a point to end to the. Uh, the sort of Clone Wars saga, if if you want to call it that, where you, you, she does get away, but the final shots are like Darth Vader finding the crash ship and her lightsabers, and I think at that point he assumes she he assumes she's dead until an episode later in Rebels. Yeah, because like that we also got that Tales of the Jedi series where we saw her way she used mm. to be the clones and she defend herself, and then the she kind of uses that later. When she and Rex had to fight off a whole ship worth of clones, and yes, she releases them all, but without his lightsaber, but he proves he's powerful enough without it that he can just take everybody out. And they managed to, was that point when she leaves her lightsaber, but she's got a hood on and like all these sticks with the clones' like helmets on them. And then the final shot of like Vader walking along and looking up, assuming that he's, he's paddle and as you said, has died. And, I think Ahsoka Proof, didn't need a lightsaber. Is like, there's that other episode of Tales of a Jedi set not long after uh, this finale, where she takes in that Inquisitor quite handily, like disarms him, and then takes his lightsaber and kills him like, fairly quickly. Yeah, it's quite a clever uh, and good little moment in in that Tales of the 
Tales of the Jedi because he's like this wizard that's really badass and that's quite threatening and yeah, and so could defeat her by breaking a sweat basically. Very much. And then we show that you know she's still not lost in terms of the jewel because like her first introduction, if you didn't know what the character was like or how tough she was, like the introduction and in, in man and Mandalorian is like you kind of see clips of her she's going through the woods and taking out the magistrates like henchmen and everything like quite easily yeah and she also plays uh, an important role because she um just sort of meditates with um grogu who we didn't know was called grogu at the time she sort of reveals that that's his name so you know if it wasn't for ahsoka we wouldn't even know grogu was grogu <laughs> uh, and then obviously i got everybody buzzing when she she mentioned she name dropped Grand Admiral Thrawn mm. uh, during that fight scene with the magistrate, and then which kind of teased what the plot of her eventual show would be. Because I think it was not long after that that we like it was a couple of episodes left of Mando where they made that was all of the announcements of all of the Disney Plus shows we ended up getting over the next couple of years, except for them Boba Fett one. They didn't announce that because they'd already planted the teaser at the end of the second season. And by then, when Ahsoka's name came up, it felt like the most obvious. Like, of course, like. Not gonna bring Rosario Dawson for like a one or two shot cameo. Like you kind of figured something was gonna happen with her, uh, and like it's felt like a long time coming. But also, she mentioned she got that little cameo with Luke and uh, Book of Boba Fett, which you got like, like God, you can even imagine some of the conversations she's had with with like about about his father. <laughs> yeah, there's even a little. There's even a little part when she just says, just like your father. <laughs> <laughs> and then Manto Athlete, what are you do here? It's like, I'm a friend of the family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that brings us up to where we are, where we are now with, with the Ahsoka series coming, which the more I talk about the more I'm like, when is August going to fucking get? Because I'm, I'm the first person when something happens when it goes out to an end. I'm like, how is it already this month of the year? And like, we're already in bloody May. But I'm like, no, the year's now going too slowly in terms of what I want Star Wars like. <laughs> It'll be that soon. It'll be that soon enough. August will be here before, you, before we know it, unfortunately. But it, it does look exciting, this series. Have you got any, any hopes or expectations for it? Well, I'm trying to think. I'm hoping for at least the first two episodes to have a lot of like plot through them. Like, I don't mind like one or two episodes that may be considered filler, but save that for the midpoint of the season because I want to see like where this is going to go. Because we we hinted that maybe this we talked about before in our talk of the trailer that mm. this might like pack a lot of stuff in. I'm hoping I'm right for at least a couple of episodes to start the series off. I'm hoping for uh hoping that this Hayden cameo is a flashback of some sort. Uh, and then I'm hoping to see at least one or two fucking really epic looking Star lightsaber fights in this show because we teased that with Ahsoka's face off of that dark Jedi and then that other person who looked like an Inquisitor. So I want to know what that's all about. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be quite interesting to see um, some of the story arcs. I think part of it is you know, she's obviously as we saw in the Mandalorian episode, looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn, and uh, who she hopes will sort of lead her to Ezra Bridger, because the last time we saw him, he was he was stuck on uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn's star cruiser when they got pulled into hyperspace by those sort of um, space whales, for lack of a better term. So um, he, he could have been in prison for the last how many God, how many years? Eight. Eight, ten years or so, something like that. Because like a good period, like also the original trilogy should have happened, and then it's been a few years since then, like five or six years. So you gotta think how, what point did Thrawn get out, and when he got out, did Ezra get out, or has Ezra been did Thrawn find a way out that kept Ezra like trapped there? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Or does she go to the world between worlds to try and? To try and find them. Is that why she's there? Um, we don't know, but it is always fun to sort of um, 
fantasy book these sort of shows and I'll you know I'm not I don't try to have too many predetermined ideas of where they're going because I don't I don't like to be these fans that no yeah. it should have ended like this or it should have gone like that you know it goes out the writers think it should go yeah. I mean you may all you may always agree with it but yeah it's obviously somebody thought it was going to be the right decision I I, I Really about it. I'm not going to say like my whole enjoyment of the show is based on this because it isn't. <laughs> but like, it makes you think that you know Thrawn being bad that's connected to how they find Ezra. But I think she's going to soon discover that these Dark Jedi might be the key to finding Ezra, which may explain why the whole in you know, the background looked like the world between worlds when she had that face off of Ray Stevens's character. Uh, how they connect to Ezra, I don't know, but. I think Thrawn's plan may be something completely different, which ties into whatever, you know, whatever the, the that Shadow Council was talking about at the end of Mando. Yeah, because uh, it looks like what he's planning is completely different to what Moff Gideon was doing. He's, he was pretty much working for himself at, at that point, looking at the end of uh, the Mandalorian, where most of the other Shadow Councils seem to be um, behind Grand Admiral Thrawn, whether they know. He's there in the background because uh, Moff Gideon seemed, didn't seem too convinced he was still around or they're just living in hope that he's going to return. I, I'm, I'm not too sure, but, uh, yeah, we know he does return and things are going to happen and whether these dark Jedi are out for their own or they're working as agents for Grand Admiral Thrawn, it's going to be interesting to see how it all fits together. Yeah, because you think... Uh, he's got to amass some sort of following since he's been back. There's thrown otherwise. Why would that magistrate woman be kind of linked to him? Well, like mm. it knows that she like calls thrown her her master. So he's clearly building a small like following. Maybe he's not telling everyone, even those within the council, what he's actually up to. And Thrawn's being one of the people who keeps oh, and I need to know and is trying to stay a few steps ahead of everybody. You know, maybe maybe they'll tease he's planning one thing and then swerve. He's actually been planning this all along because he's he's a step ahead of all of us. Well, that is one of his traits, isn't he? He is supposed to be like super intelligent and very good at sort of planning and, and strategies and and what have you. So you never know. He, he, he could be playing a, a long game here, and he does seem to have that effect on people that they're they're really loyal towards him. So uh, he, he does make for a good leader, mm-hmm. an evil one, but a good leader nonetheless. Yeah, like, there's like so many like, moments in, in Rebels where he's talking to somebody who he knows trying to hide something from him, or he, he interacts with the crew while they're undercover, and like you look at him, like, he has the same expression on his face all the time, like you don't know, he, he doesn't let you know how much he knows, and, that, and like the fact that, you know, he can be accused of some Star Wars characters of being a bit over the top, especially the villains, but like, by that he's just so calm no matter what, and it's like, yes, I know that you're out for your own interest, I'm not going to tell you know that you know that I know that. I'm just going to make sure that you get what's coming to you, it's going to be very painful, I'm going to talk in the same nonchalant tone, because I am right, and that is enough for me. You wouldn't want to play poker against him, would you? No, 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 you would not. Yeah, I think this whole thing is full sex is basically reiterating the fact that yes, we are a seed of first okay, as pretty much everyone else is. <laughs> yeah, anything anything else you wanna add? Uh I don't think there's anything else about Ahsoka that we can I think we covered the main points for her. otherwise we'd just be mentioning random episodes of Clone mm. Wars that I don't have time to do. No. No. Same here. I think we covered everything we want to cover. Um, as we say, she's a great character and we'll be tuning in in sometime in August. Hopefully it's early August uh, to watch the series and we'll be bringing you um, podcasts dedicated to that show, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Reese has already declared that he wants to get involved with, with this one and I'm happy to have him, have him join as Without the exception of some very extenuating circumstances, there will not be as much of a gap between episodes as there was during our recent Mandalorian recap. But, you know, like I said, stuff could happen. Life is a bitch sometimes. Yeah, but we'll we'll, we'll definitely cover it in some fashion. And before that, hopefully we'll probably do Secret Invasion as well. Mm -hmm. Then between now and then, 
you may hear us very infrequently unless it's something we really want to talk about or we decide we'll just talk about nothing because Nathan's not here and he can't stop us. <laughs> we'll, we'll do an episode on how shite we think Blade really is, just to upset it. <laughs> I mean, we I talked about our rank bank of bloody Ryan, uh, Ryan Reynolds films that you talked about. How he'd put be Nathan would put Blade Trinity and Goated, but. Let's have them on a right back for that purpose, and then everyone uses their veto at one time. <laughs> a bit all three back to put all three blades at the at the bottom rack, <laughs> just all the way down there, just <laughs> down you go. Uh, I think I think like Nathan would probably Hulk out at that moment. He'd walk to our each of our individual houses, no matter how far apart we all live, <laughs> and <laughs> the face. <laughs> Uh, it's just a well we know Nathan's not going to listen to this yeah, <laughs> it really is <laughs> he probably doesn't even know who Ahsoka is <laughs> I don't know it'd be nice just to ask him Nathan who's Ahsoka <laughs> <laughs> just to see him just make up whatever on the top of his head <laughs> <laughs> Scott, have you got any plugs you want to tell everybody before we sign off? Yes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ScottMcLeod1996. Also follow RogerPains at RogerPains on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my other show, Scumball's Rowland Podcast, is on its own feed as well as RogerPains' feed where you get your podcast. And you can find that on Twitter at SPRambling. Ian Paul are doing it. A couple of years ago, we did an episode about Marty Python and the Holy Grail because we wanted to and so we did okay let's cover all the other three mighty python movies we'll start and later on this week when we record it uh we're going to start with life of brian and then just go in a random order for the other ones so we've got that we've got some Fraser content coming up me and paul are also doing rogue retro smackdown which is hot on the road to unforgiven 2000 uh we've got a couple episodes to go before that uh yeah me and carl are also on rank bank with with uh, Reese episode part one of our WWE Champions uh, ranking went up recently, uh, hoping to get episode two recorded at a point that sits everybody. Uh, oh, I know, at see us get a couple of these episodes recorded in the next couple of weeks while Reese's away. But this is not a bulk recording kind of show. He just gets to we'll keep picking stuff that has too many entries to possibly choose from, and we keep arguing about it. And when part two of WWE Champions comes out, I'm sure there'll be more arguing than there's ever been before on a Rogue Opinion show. <laughs> yeah, we were like, we were 90 minutes in and only about halfway through, so we thought we'd better just end it here and make it a, a two-parter. Because as you say, yeah, I have a feeling some of these latter ones uh, we're going to argue with a bit more because a lot of the more, a lot of those sort of champions weren't really my cup of tea, but they're the ones um, Reese certainly grew up with, maybe yourself as well. So we could have some different opinions coming up. Well. This, this is the show that really makes Rogue Opinions live up to its name. We'll just say that that's the best, that's the best selling point I can give for this show. But yeah, there was a point during that part one where I could have argued more on a point I didn't agree with Reese about, but I pretty much even said, like, I could argue with you, but I've been here too long already. <laughs> yeah, we're going to sched- we're gonna have to schedule a, a fair bit of time for, for that part two, I think. So at nine in the morning, we should be done by tea time. That's it. With <laughs> any luck, yeah, and uh, you can sort of. Uh, are you finished with your plug? Sorry, before I start buttoning. Yeah, that's me for now. Yeah, so you can find me at Carlos underscore fire eighty on Twitter and Instagram, and yeah, uh, you can find me uh, with Scott and Reese doing Rank Bank. Uh, you can also find me with Ollie's at the wheel uh, with Nathan and Liam as we talk football and how Arsenal have managed to bottle the league and um, you can also find me back with uh, Sam Carmichael as we talk about um, the new series The Last of Us um, which Scott tells me is a a decent listen so if Scott likes it it must be alright because I listen to to far too many podcasts and it's probably recommended (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't even watch The Last of Us. Not because I didn't want to, I just didn't have a chance to watch it, but they paint a pretty picture, let's just say that. Thank you, Scott. That's uh, high praise. And uh, so, yeah, if you enjoyed that show, make sure to give it a listen. Yeah, see, Charles, Charles expanding his output. He's, he's getting comfortable with new people. I like to think I helped him with that. Yeah, no, you, you certainly did. I mean, I, 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 my first ever podcast was was with uh, Rahul, so if, if I can manage that on my first ever podcast, I can, I can cope with anybody. I mean, it's all uphill from there. <laughs> it really is, well, apart from Liam, perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> oh, we love you, really. I know we give him a, we give him a bit of banter, but we, we love him, really. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure he will use that. We're just like trying to convince people we actually like Liam. Pardon, ain't easy. <laughs> it is not. Happy May the 4th, everybody. Yep, May the 4th be with you. And also with you. I was beginning to believe I knew who you were behind that mask. But it's impossible. My master could never be as vile as you. Anakin Skywalker was weak. I destroyed him. Then I will avenge his death. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi.